Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're going to complete chapter 11 in the book of Mark with verses 27 through 33. This is the time of the Passover and the week in which Jesus will be crucified. He and the disciples have been entering Jerusalem each day and leaving each evening. And here in verse 27, we see they are again entering Jerusalem. On the previous visit, Jesus had rather violently cleared the temple, shocking everyone, and today the religious leaders question him about it. When Jesus had cleared the temple, he did so as one who had the authority to do so. And apparently, no other authority attempted at that time to either question him or stop him. Think about that. A man comes in and disturbs the temple functions in such a violent way, and nobody attempts to stop him interesting in itself. But now the scribes and Pharisees, having gathered themselves since Jesus's last visit, are wanting to know, by what authority did he do these things? And in his answer, Jesus again demonstrates that their authority was still not above his own. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Who Do You Think You Are? He was just asking them to simply declare to him, Do you believe that John the Baptist was a true messenger of God or not? It's a yes or no question. If it's multiple choice, the answers are A or B. It wasn't a hard question. Now, Jesus knew they had rejected John even before he came on the scene, but it was the perfect question in in reply to the hypocritical challenge from the leaders of the Jews. They challenged his authority. Jesus gave them a counter challenge, and that brings up a conundrum for these guys. How masterful that question was is clear when you see what it did to the hypocrites. Verse 31 through the middle of verse 33. They began reasoning among themselves, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, Then why did you not believe him? But shall we say from men? They were afraid of the people, for everyone considered John to have been a real prophet. Answering Jesus, they said, we do not know. The question was A or B, and they chose C. They just were crushed. He sent them into this conundrum. Uh, the word reasoning is it's one of those, uh, a translation of one of those Greek words you accidentally know a form of. Uh, our word dialogue comes from this word dialogizomai. Um, right there in the middle of the temple courtyard, I can, just, I can just see them huddling up, arms around each other's shoulders, trying to call the next play. They talked it over. None of them asked, well, what's the truth? None of them considered, could we have been wrong about John? No one in the holy huddle there said, you know, I think he has a point. 
The only issue for them at that moment was, how are we going to save face and our positions and get rid of Jesus? They clung to power over the people. Appearances were everything. They covered up the wickedness in their hearts with their outward display of pseudo-righteousness. If they agreed that John the Baptist was sent from God, they would have to deal with the fact that John is the one who pointed to Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He must increase, but I must decrease. I'm not worthy to, to, to loosen the thong of his sandal. To accept John the Baptist as a prophet from heaven would have logically accepted, require accepting Jesus as the Messiah. And they weren't about to go there because that would mean they're wrong. But that was only half of their problem. If they said, B, if they said John the Baptist was not from heaven, but that he was from men, they would also be in trouble because whatever remaining credibility they had with the people there would be lost because everyone considered John to have been a real prophet. So they were crushed in the jaws of this dilemma. The truth had fangs that would have ended their authority with the people, no matter what they said. Political expediency dictated they had to find a way out. If the only answers are A or B, they desperately needed C, or they would be exposed as the hypocrites they were. So the third choice that they came up with was also probably not very pleasant for them to swallow, but it was the best option available to them at the moment given that they rejected the truth as an option. So they caved in and they said, we do not know. Now that's a lie. They knew that they rejected John the Baptist. They knew that they did not believe his message. They knew that they rejected what John said about Jesus. They knew that they rejected Jesus. They knew that their own answer was B. But they were such man-pleasers, they were so wanting to keep the attention and the focus on them and and keep their, their control over the people, they weren't about to say the truth of what they actually believed, even though they were believing the wrong thing. It wasn't a matter of not knowing what the subject was about, it was a matter of willful unbelief. It wasn't a hard question. It's that their hearts were hard. And it wasn't that they couldn't figure it out. It was that they clung desperately to their position and keeping up appearances. Though that was their conundrum, and they decided they'll just say, we don't know. But they didn't mean that either. They didn't mean that honestly, like explain it to us. So there's the challenge. Who do you think you are? There's the counter challenge. Just answer my question, and then I'll answer yours. And then comes the conundrum, puts them in the grips of this dilemma that they had, and then the condemnation at the end of verse 33. Jesus knew if He gave them an explanation, it wouldn't solve anything. They would have only tried to use it against Him like they did everything else. That's why He asked the question in response to their question, and when they waffled on it, 
verse 33 in the middle, and Jesus said to them, nor will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Now, I call that a a condemnation because like I've said, Jesus was turning his back on them. God was going to take the kingdom of God away from the, the Jews and give it to the ones who would bring fruit in, in keeping with it. And so they were rejecting the light that Jesus had given to them hundreds of times. So what did he do? Finally, he turned off the switch. No more light for you. All that he would say to these men from that point on would be a series of woes that he would pronounce against them later on that same day. It's in Matthew 23. We'll probably refer to it somewhere along the way here, even though Mark doesn't say it. Uh, He would also express his sorrow over the spiritual state of things in Jerusalem. Now, it isn't that Jesus was done. He... He has a lot more to say. And as a matter of fact, at that point on that day when they've said, we don't know, and he said, well, then I'm not going to answer your question. Then Jesus launched into a series of three parables. Our next visit to Mark will focus on the only one of the three that Mark records. But today, let's make sure we don't let this passage slip by without asking what application it has for us. They challenged Jesus' authority. They decided it was up to them to choose what was true and what was not. So, as we look at this, we have to ask, do I pick and choose what I believe? They had serious limitations on what they would accept and what they, what they wouldn't. Now understand, they claimed to believe God's Word, but they rejected the one that the Bible, their Bible, the Old Testament, told them to believe in. The truth is, you don't have the luxury to pick and choose what you will believe. Now you have the right to, you have a right to be wrong. But choose the wrong answers, and you wind up in the lake of fire forever. Does preaching like John the Baptist repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand? Does does that make you uncomfortable? You know, the mark of a Christian, as I say over and over again, is how you feel about sin and about Jesus. You're going to hate one and love the other. You're going to run away from one and run toward the other in every moment of every day. Are there some things in the Bible that you just really don't want to deal with? Remember the lesson last week um, on prayer? And Jesus said it drastically affects the effectiveness of your prayer if you won't practice forgiveness in the same manner that God has forgiven you? Are you carrying a grudge? Are you staying away from God's orders that you must do all you can to be reconciled to someone who has damaged your relationship? 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.